Hello, wise woman. I'm your host, Wanga Hanyani, and welcome to the Woman Wellness Podcast, a natural health resource for the woman who wants to take control of her life, heal herself, and live her best life. We'll talk about health, hormones, sexuality, fertility, skin, diet, lifestyle, and everything else in between to help you thrive as a modern-day woman with ancient wisdom. So without further ado, let's get into it. Eat food, mostly plants, and not too much. Michael Pollan. It's episode three, and we're talking fertility diet. How to eat to prepare your body to carry life. It's also day six of the lockdown here in South Africa, and I hope you're staying sane. And if you don't know what I mean, uh, in last week's newsletter, I gave some tips on how to stay sane during the lockdown. And it's all about supplementing, right? So using supplements to support your immune system and your health during this time. Staying active and which methods are best to improve your immune system, as well as nourishing. So talking about food, like we're doing today. And then evaluating and elevating. So how can you come out of this better? I gave a quote, which is one of my favorite quotes, and it's by Muhammad Ali. And it said, a man who views the world at 50 the same way he did at 30 has wasted 20 years of his life. And I really love that quote. And I, we need to come out of this thinking differently, being different in every way. We can't come out of this lockdown wherever you are in the world to just go back into the same routine, the same habits, the same relationships, the same things that don't serve us anymore. I think this is a time to reset and reboot. So I do hope you're staying sane and I will link that letter down below. It's worth having a read. Okay, so fertility and food. Some people just think there's three trimesters to pregnancy. Some know it as four trimesters to pregnancy. But actually there's five stages or five trimesters to the childbearing year. And the first is the premester. That's the three months before you get pregnant. Then the first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, and then the fourth trimester, which is the three months after you have the baby. What we're going to focus on is the premester, the three months leading up to conception, how we can use food to prepare our bodies in this time to mature healthy eggs because it takes about three months to actually mature an egg that is ready for ovulation. So to mature an egg, prepare your body, heal your uterus, nourish your uterus so that it is able to carry life and sustain life for the duration of a pregnancy, which is nine months. A healthy diet is a healthy conception, is healthy pregnancy, is a healthy mama and a healthy baby. So going into this, I want you to keep in mind that you should aim to eat an alkaline diet. Alkaline versus acidic. We want alkaline. An alkaline diet is healing, it reduces inflammation, it balances hormones, it improves fertility. Alkaline diet is the optimal healthy diet. An alkaline diet, in the most broad definition, is basically a plant-based diet. 
I'm not looking for 100% here. I'm saying eat a predominantly plant-based diet. Going back to the quote I just opened with is eat food, mostly plants, and not too much. Eat real food. Real food does not come out of a package and it looks like how it came out of nature. So eat food, mostly plants. We'll go into this and not too much, not overeating. Let's start with the foods to stay away from. There's foods and chemicals and toxins to stay away from. First one, dioxins. Dioxins are horrible to the body. They are an assault to the hormonal system. Dioxins are toxic byproducts of chemical processes. And the main sources that we ingest them from is use of plastics. So plastic bottles, plastic containers, using plastic in the microwave. Those are one of the main ways that we ingest dioxins into our bodies. Another way is through animal fat. Dioxins are lipophilic, meaning that they love fat. They love to settle in fat. And so consuming animal products, particularly ones that are high in fat and not been raised in an organic or natural way, so they're not grass-fed or free-range, then you are generally going to consume a lot of dioxins in the fats of those animals. And a third way is through cigarette smoke. This is not only to the smoker, but to the person who is inhaling the secondhand smoke. So secondhand smoking and smoking is another way that we ingest dioxins into our bodies. And these dioxins, they are hormone disruptors, horrible hormone disruptors. They cause inflammation and have been linked to triggering autoimmune disease in some cases or, or exacerbating an autoimmune condition. Beef and dairy are the highest sources of dioxins when it comes to animal fats and food in general. So to limit dioxins, limit saturated fats from animals. So eat more lean meat and use glass. Use glass when you're using the microwave. Try and limit use of microwave in the first place anyway and opt for a glass drinking bottle. And just by doing these two things, eating lean meat and using glass, you greatly reduce your intake of dioxins. Another toxin to stay away from is xenoestrogens. Xenoestrogens are synthetic man-made estrogens. So they mimic estrogen in the body. And unfortunately what they do is they get into the estrogen receptors and they get stuck because it's essentially putting the wrong key in the wrong door lock. And so they get stuck. By getting stuck, it means that your endogenous estrogen can't get into the receptors because they've been blocked by xenoestrogens. And that results in more estrogen circulating through the body than is supposed to, leading to estrogen dominance. This is one of the ways that estrogen de dominance develops in the body. And then that leads to conditions like irregular menstrual cycle, irregular bleeding. If it gets worse, then you get endometriosis or fibroids. So you can see how bad these are to the body. And not only that, they do cause all the hormonal imbalance issues, but they're also carcinogenic and they cause inflammation to the body as well. Again, plastics are one of the main sources that we get these xenoestrogens into our body. And then personal hygiene products, so our makeup, roll-on, 
shampoos and even some foods the way they have been preserved you may have seen a lot of shampoos now say paraben free paraben is actually a xenoestrogen if you've been baby shopping you may have seen bpa free in baby bottles it's also xenoestrogen and then bha you may have come across it in your food lists so whatever food that you may have bought you may have seen bha and these are xenoestrogens that are disruptive to the body and hormonal balance so that's something that you should stay away from thirdly gmo foods genetically modified foods as it stands in south africa 99% of the soy is gmo and not too far behind that the maize almost at about 90% is also gmo so most of the food the staple food of south africa that the average person eats is gmo and regardless of you know the benefits that are touted of gmo foods it really is about the financial returns it's about getting maximum yield with very little damage of crops that's it there's no nutritional value that can outweigh the use of gmo foods they're damaging not only to the environment they're essentially unnatural glyphosate is a herbicide that is commonly used here and it is not only carcinogenic it also attacks the kidneys liver stomach reproductive and immune system you'd be surprised some of the foods that you'll find it in you'll find it in your cornflakes you'll find it in doritos anything that has maize or soy if it is not an organic food you're likely to find glyphosate so stay away from gmo foods and eat organic natural foods moving on stay away from processed foods refined foods and canned foods because these also contain chemicals that are disrupting to our body and our health some contain the bpas which we talked about as xenoestrogens but also think about it if you make a bean stew or a bean soup it will go off in about a day or two right think about how many chemicals it took or it takes to can beans so that they have a shelf life of about a year or so think how many chemicals that takes and when we eat those foods we're ingesting all those chemicals so stay away from processed refined or canned foods when i say processed and refined is if it doesn't look like the way it came out of nature avoid it potato crisps are not found in nature pasta you're not going to dig pasta out of the soil or pluck it off a tree so stay away from it it's not natural yes you can get all these new pastas that are you know gluten free plant based pastas but i want you to remember one thing if it doesn't look like how it came out of nature avoid it because it has still been refined to make it look like that no matter if all the ingredients are healthy but it has been refined and processed to the extent that nature would not recognize what that food is heavy metals heavy metals are also disrupting to the body mercury and cadmium being the main ones that are usually consumed and that's through fish and food sprayed with pesticides finally limit fortified foods there are times when you may need to eat them but fortified foods is basically the company saying 
Hey, look, we made this food and the process stripped it of all its natural nutrition. And what we have done is just put some nutrition back into it because it has no nutritional value after the processing. That is really what fortified foods are. So now we've gotten past the don'ts. Let's focus on the do's. What types of foods should you focus on? I'll say it right here. There is no specific fertility diet. Healthy eating will improve your fertility. Healthy eating will improve your hormones. Healthy eating will improve your health. So there's no specific fertility diet. What I'll show you here is how to use those foods to promote your fertility by eating that food in phases or in cycles. Firstly, we've already talked about eating organic. Eat organic as much as you can. There was a study that was done on couples, some who ate organic and some who didn't. And the couples that ate organic conceived at a much earlier rate than those who were not eating an organic diet. Eat whole foods. We talked about this as well. Eat food. Eat how it looks like when it came out of the ground, off a tree, off a vine, off a bush. Eat real food. And what does real food look like? First one, whole grains. Rice, millet, bulgur, buckwheat, sorghum. These are all grains, whole grains, which have not been processed um, into any other form. So eat them as they are. If you have digestive problems, if you find that you tend to get bloated easily or you are alternating between constipation and diarrhea, then stay away from the foods that have gluten. So that would be barley, rye, oats and wheat. Oats by nature do not have gluten, but the processing contaminates them with gluten. So they fall under gluten foods, but you can find gluten-free oats. And so you can still have that. Next, eat complex carbs. Refined carbs are your breads, your baked goods, crackers, biscuits, all of that. Those are refined carbs. Those carbs are bad for you. They will spike your insulin. They will throw off your blood sugar. They will make you gain weight. But complex carbs, these do the opposite. They fuel you up for longer. They keep you full for longer. And they're more nourishing to the body. And these are vegetables, potatoes, rice. Those are complex carbs. Then focus on healthy fats. Healthy fats are essential. A low-fat diet is the beckoning call for hormone imbalance. A low-fat diet is the beckoning call for ovulation problems. Healthy fats are needed because we need fats to make our hormones. Our steroid hormones are based off of cholesterol. Cholesterol is the building block to all our steroid hormones. If we're not getting in good healthy fat, we're not getting enough cholesterol. And if we're not getting enough cholesterol, then we're not making great hormones. And that will throw off hormone balance. That will throw off fertility. That will throw off general health because we're not having sufficient hormones to run the body. So margarine is out. Anything that says hydrogenated vegetable oil, out. Focus on essential fatty acids, olives, coconuts, and their oils, nuts, avos, avocado oil, and seeds like chia, hemp seed, pumpkin, and flaxseed. These are all 
rich in essential fatty acids that we need. They will reduce inflammation in the body, they will promote ovulation, and they will actually help with proper and healthy blood flow in your pelvic area, which is needed from the period right up to conception, right up to implantation. You need a good, healthy blood flow. If you have a brown discharge before you get your period, if you have brown blood before you, at the beginning of your period, that is a very good sign that you do not have sufficient blood flow in your pelvic area. Get in essential fatty acids into your diet. Next, protein. Protein is the building block. You remember this from high school biology. Protein is used to build. It is also needed for the development of healthy eggs. If you are not getting enough protein, you're not making healthy eggs. It is also needed for LH, luteinizing hormone, and follicle-stimulating hormone. It's needed throughout your follicular phase because this is the building phase, building up to ovulation. Animal-based proteins cannot compare to plant-based proteins. Plant-based proteins are superior. When you're eating plant-based proteins, what you're actually getting is amino acids. Amino acids are actually what make the proteins that you need. When you eat animal-based proteins, your body doesn't recognize that type of protein. And so it must first break down those animal proteins into amino acids and then convert them into the protein that the body can utilize. So you're looking at two pictures here. If you eat plant-based proteins, your body's using new material to build. When you eat animal-based proteins, your body's basically building with rubble. So recycling, which is what you don't want. I saw a very interesting study of bodybuilders. One half were plant-based eaters and the other half were meat eaters. They put them on a fast to see how quickly their muscles would deteriorate during a fast. And no surprise, the meat eaters, their muscle mass deteriorated faster than the vegans. Why? Because they essentially built their muscle off of recycled material. Whereas the vegans are building their muscle mass on new material. So plant-based proteins are superior. So these are your beans, lentils, legumes, nuts, and seeds. These are the best proteins that you can eat every day to build your health and improve your fertility. Eat the rainbow. Eat lots of different colored foods because each of those colors are telling you that it provides something new and something different and something important for your body. So, for example, green foods are blood building. Yellow foods improve skin and eyesight. Yellow and orange foods. Red foods improve sleep. Dark colored foods, blues and purples, those are anti-aging. So eat a wide variety, eat the rainbow. Make sure that your diet is loaded with antioxidant foods. And a lot of the foods that we've talked about are a good source of antioxidants. Then eat what I call live food. Live food is seeded food. Even if you go back to the Bible in Genesis 1.27, 
God says, I have given you seed bearing fruit and to you it shall be for food. There's a reason for that. The seed is what gives birth to the next generation of fruit or food. The moment we eat seedless food, we are cutting off the next generation. I know that sounds dramatic, but stick with me. Seedless food has been genetically modified to be barren, that it cannot reproduce itself any further. What do you think happens when we're constantly eating those foods? We're taking in that genetic material of those foods, and that is affecting our own fertility, our own health. Whenever we look at food processing, whenever we look at agricultural methods, never forget that you are also a living being. Whatever those foods are being, whatever they're being sprayed with, or whatever is being used on them to prevent life in any form, whether it's pests or critters or anything to destroy that food, remember that you're also a living being who has a DNA that can be altered or damaged from the same chemicals. And finally, drink water. In episode two, I spoke about how important water is for your cervical mucus. But just water in general, water is life. And for nutrients to go to every part of your body, you need water. For your cells to stay hydrated, you need water. For your blood to not be acidic, you need water. For your blood to not get sticky, you need water. For healthy implantation to take place, you need water. And for transportation throughout your body to happen well, you need water. So make sure that you're drinking enough water every single day. Okay, so let's get into eating for fertility. How do you use food in each phase of your cycle to improve your fertility and give your body what it needs at that particular time? This is part of the stem well fertility protocol that I've mentioned to you about previously. This is a fertility protocol I've been working on for a little while now. We have three babies and counting this year due from the principles and practices that I'm about to tell you about. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you a little bit more about the eating part. So stem well means sleep well, think well, eat well, move well. And so stem well. We're focusing on the E, how to eat in the different phases of your cycle. If you remember in episode two, we talked about the phases of your cycle. You have menstruation, you have pre-ovulation, you have ovulation, and implantation or potential implantation phase. So let's look at each phase and what your body needs in each phase and the types of foods that would be needed. Phase one is your menstruation phase. What does your body need then? Your body mainly needs to build blood and restore the quality of blood that has been lost because you're menstruating, you're losing blood. So we need to make sure that we're rebuilding your blood. Now, you will be focusing on specific food groups or food types, but it doesn't mean that you ignore the rest. So menstruation. Menstruation, your focus should be on iron, vitamin C, protein, and fiber. Those foods are molasses, broccoli, veg, citrus, tomatoes, potatoes, beans, lentils, etc. 
those are the types of foods that you'll be focusing on in the first phase of your cycle. One particular product that I would add here, if you feel like you need a boost of iron because you're not getting enough iron in your menstrual cycle, is a product called Blue Iron. I really love this product. I have tried it. I've used it. It is delicious. And it's a liquid iron supplement. It does not constipate and it's got vitamin E in there. It's got folic acid in there. It's made from Nordic blueberries. Pre-ovulation. This is just before ovulation. Your body's building up to ovulation. The three main things that you want to do here is support follicle formation, LH and FSH production. Your body is about to ovulate and it needs dense nutrition. Remember, we're building. So it needs a good source of nutrition. It needs life foods because it's going to be building an endometrium that will carry life for an extended period of time. So you need to start building your body up for carrying life in just a short while. So you're going to focus on protein. You're going to focus on antioxidants. This is a time to load your body with antioxidants. Focus on foods that are rich in vitamin E because those will contribute to good cervical mucus texture as well as egg quality. And then finally, focus on probiotics. Probiotic means pro-life. The best source of probiotics is fermented foods. Third phase is ovulation. Ovulation, you want to support progesterone and you want to manage your blood sugar and your hormones. This is not the time to eat refined carbs. This is not the time to be eating foods that spike your blood sugar. This is not the time to eat refined sugars because you don't want at this particular stage when you're ovulating to throw your body off. You don't want to get moody. You don't want to crash from a sugar high. This is a time to be delicate with your body and use foods that give a slow release of energy. The main things to focus on here is protein, fat and fiber. That should be your mainstay during ovulation. From ovulation right through your luteal phase. Protein, fat, fiber, as well as zinc, the B vitamins and vitamin C. Your whole grains, seeds like sunflower and sesame and avocados. This is what you focus on. From ovulation right into potential implantation or your entire luteal phase. After ovulation, you continue with those same foods, but you also add more warming foods because your body needs warmth for good fertilization and implantation. This is why even your body temperature increases in your luteal phase because you need that warmth. So focus on warming foods. In addition to eating in this way, in phases, you can add seed cycling to this. Seed cycling is using specific seeds to support hormone production and hormone balance. And there are four main seeds that you do this with. Eat all the other seeds, but these four seeds are used to actually support your hormone balance. First half of the cycle, focus on flaxseed and pumpkin seed. Second half of the cycle, focus on sunflower seeds and sesame seeds. These four seeds will support hormone balance for your menstrual cycle and also for your fertility. And that's what we call seed cycling. And that's it. How easy is that? How easy is it to eat for fertility? You just need to know what each phase needs and support your body with those particular foods. That's how simple it is. 
Now let's look at supplements. What are the supplements that you need? First of all, you can never out supplement a bad diet. Before you even look to supplements, make sure that you're getting every mineral, every vitamin, every nutrient that you need from the foods that you eat. Then if you are deficient or feel like you're not getting enough, look into getting supplements. If you're going to go for individual type of supplements like just a specific vitamin A or a vitamin D, I suggest that you speak to your doctor so that you get the right dose because too much of anything is also bad. The main thing that any woman who's trying to conceive should be on is a multivitamin and mineral supplement, a prenatal multivitamin and mineral supplement. This will help with making sure that you're getting the full range of vitamins and minerals that you need. So you need vitamins A through E, A, B, C, D, E. In the B vitamins, make sure that you're getting B1, 2, 5, 6, 9, and 12. Any prenatal vitamin and mineral supplement that you take, make sure that you see all these vitamins A through E and that it's B complex. So B complex will have all those ones that I just mentioned. And then also make sure that it has calcium, copper, iron, magnesium, manganese, selenium, and zinc. These are all needed that play a role in different parts of your cycle. They either help with implantation or improving cervical mucus or promoting progesterone release from your corpus luteum, even building the healthy corpus luteum. And then they help with implantation and sustaining a pregnancy. So make sure that you get a good multivitamin mineral supplement to supplement your diet. Just to give you an idea of how important each one of these are, I'm not going to go through all of them. I'll just give you an example of the common ones and why, firstly, make sure you're getting it in your diet before you're supplementing. Vitamin A or beta carotene, which is the plant-based version, is essential in follicle formation. Then folic acid or folate, which is B9, plays a role in ovulation. You need that to ovulate Properly. If women have ovulation problems, B9 is one of the vitamins that they'll need to supplement with. Vitamin C is tied to progesterone production. Women who have low progesterone have shown to also be low in vitamin C. Increasing vitamin C increases progesterone. Magnesium is needed for healthy blood flow. This is one of the foods that you'll be focusing on in your menstrual cycle is needed for healthy blood flow and building good blood. It is also needed during implantation. This is why you're focusing on the seeds in the second half because they're also rich in magnesium. And zinc is needed for proper growth and development of the fetus, which is why we focus it in the luteal phase. Now, remember, this is a woman's wellness podcast. So we're focusing on women's health. But everything that I'm talking about in terms of diet this is not excluding your partner. If you both do it, the results are even better. Teamwork makes the dream work. So don't forget to include your partner when it comes to eating healthy. Remember the research I mentioned earlier that couples who ate a healthier diet together conceived at an earlier rate than the couples who didn't eat a healthier diet so make sure that you're both getting in all these nutrients that your body needs. If you ask me, I believe that all God-made foods are superfoods. 
like you've just seen, everyday simple foods can be used to actually promote your fertility, depending on how and when you eat them. But I'm always asked about superfoods. Which superfoods would you recommend that we take? If you can't afford these, if you can't get access to these, it's not a train smash. There are thousands, in fact, millions of people who have gotten pregnant without even having to take any of these. So you're not obliged to take these, but these superfoods, with air quotes, have a rich history in promoting fertility in women. Number one, royal jelly. Royal jelly is the food that bees feed their queen bee to make her extremely fertile, to produce thousands of eggs continuously. And so even in women, it has been shown to actually promote fertility by eating royal jelly. You can get a bit of royal jelly if you use raw honey, or you can get royal jelly supplements, which are available at just a general health store. Royal jelly has also helped with the regular menstrual cycle. And remember, an irregular menstrual cycle means there's a hormonal issue. So that will help with hormones and then also help with fertility. Next one, goji berries. These are rich in antioxidants. I must say, goji berries are becoming one of my favorite little berries. I normally get them dry and I soak them in almond milk and chia seeds. And that's my favorite breakfast base. And then I add everything else to it. And so because they're rich in antioxidants, they support the follicular phase of your menstrual cycle, which will support ovulation. Next one, hemp seed, rich in essential fatty acids. It's got all the omegas that you need. You need omega-3, 6, and 9. Hemp seed has got that. It is going to reduce inflammation in your body. It's going to help with your menstrual cycle. And when you do conceive, it will also help with baby's development and producing healthy breast milk. So hemp seed is a great fertility food. Finally, maca. Maca is a great food for hormone support. Maca belongs to the cruciferous vegetable family. And as we've talked about in previous episodes, these support hormones. It will also help with libido, which is conducive when you're trying to conceive. And also it is an adaptogen. So it helps your adrenals because you remember adrenals also play a role in your fertility. And finally, fertility herbs. These are herbs that have been used to promote fertility and pregnancy. First and foremost, and probably most importantly, is Vitex. Vitex doesn't contain hormones, but it supports the production of progesterone, which is necessary for your luteal phase. It lengthens the luteal phase. So if women who are having a luteal phase defect are having a short luteal phase, which is inhibiting proper implantation, Vitex is your go-to herb. It also, because of the progesterone issue, helps reduce first trimester miscarriages. Second one, tribulus, one of my favorites when it comes to promoting fertility. Tribulus has been shown to promote ovulation when particularly used in the first half of your cycle, in your follicular phase, especially when used from day 5 to day 14. So literally in your pre-ovulation phase, as you're coming out of your menstruation right up until ovulation. So if you're having ovulatory problems, I would recommend that you use tribulus, which is available in the online store. 
Shatavari is another herb that is fantastic at boosting your immune system, which is needed. So promoting a healthy immune system, promoting a healthy libido. It's actually known as, uh, translates into English as she who has a hundred husbands because it promotes your libido, which is very, very necessary for when you're trying to conceive. And then it also helps with hormone support. And more of note, it has been linked to higher levels of fertility. So Shatavari is another good fertility herb. Both maca and Shatavari are in our Vitality Blend. Next one, Red Raspberry. I love these in a tea. Red Raspberry leaves tone your uterus. They nourish your uterus with a host of minerals and vitamins. They promote breast milk and also make for an easier labor. So this is one that you can take pre-conception, preparing your uterus, strengthening your uterus, and then take it during pregnancy and labor. And it has shown that it, it doesn't make for a less painful labor, but definitely a shorter labor. Raspberry leaf tea used before conception also reduces chances of first trimester carriage due to a weak uterus. If you have a history of first trimester miscarriages, I recommend that you get on a red raspberry tea. It is the main ingredient in the Fortify Uterine Tonic Tea. I will link all the products in the show notes. Ashwagandha. Ashwagandha is an adaptogen and it supports the HPA axis, hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenals. I know you're thinking, well, what about my ovaries? Progesterone is also made in your adrenals. So this is how ashwagandha supports fertility. Because if your adrenals are functioning right, then they're not going to steal progesterone from your ovaries to make cortisol, which is used when you're stressed. So using ashwagandha will help you manage stress, will help manage anxiety. So this is more the emotional aspect of fertility. Help you sleep better help you adapt to stresses better and help with proper hormonal function. It will also help reduce inflammation in the body and boost your immunity. Ashwagandha, Shatavari and Maka are all ingredients in our Vitality Blend. That's what makes it such a fantastic blend because it addresses so many things in one. Finally, Dong Kwai. Dong Kwai is a reputable Chinese herb that has been used in so many ways it's a blood tonic so it's got an affinity for blood and and it's got an affinity for the pelvis so it helps improve it helps improve blood flow to the pelvic area this is also even beneficial in women who have endometriosis or fibroids who have painful or problems in their pelvic area dong kwai is one of those so dong kwai is used in any fertility protocol in traditional Chinese medicine because it's considered one of the best fertility tonics. So I use Don Kwai to build the blood because without good blood supply, then fertility is compromised. And Don Kwai is one of the main ingredients in Iron Woman, which is the blood tonic, also available in store. I will link it in the show notes below. So that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope this was helpful to you. 
now you know how to use food to promote your fertility as well as some superfoods that you can use and and botanicals which you can incorporate into your fertility journey next week we're going to talk about next week i'm going to share more into my stem wall fertility protocol and we'll talk about movement we'll talk about massages we'll talk about mind power everything that you need to know to prepare your body your mind your emotions for conception and a full-term pregnancy don't forget to rate and review this episode and share it with someone you know will benefit from this Take care and stay safe. I'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in today. If you'd like to know more about Woman Wellness, check out our website and all the resources available to you. Just a reminder that all information shared is for education purposes only and must not be substituted for medical attention. That being said, remember that true health starts with what you eat, drink, and how you choose to live life every day. So choose wisely. Subscribe to the podcast and don't forget to rate, review and share this episode. Until next week, be well.